Sing. We're bringing our lives as an offering. 
lifted high Oh, the cross is our hope That we hold up high hey. Oh, be lifted up your ancient doors The King is coming Your King is coming Oh, Jesus, be lifted up I've got an opportunity to understand and to know what Paul felt when he was on the mission field and he had felt, fell ill. But the mission, the call, the purpose, the plan of God had to go on. And that's where we are today. When we were in the intercessory room praying, Pastor, And I apologize because I'm not, I'm learned in certain things, but then there's certain things that I, I, I'm not aware of. And Monrovia Falls, the anointing that's on this place, I was not aware of it. I walked into the sanctuary and the anointing fell on me. And I'm like, what is this place? And pastor, you remember I came to you and I said, and I apologize to you, and the reason why is because when you walk into, and I'm prior military for those that are military, both in the Marines, and then I didn't get enough, then I went into the Army. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me why. Anyway, in the military you're taught, or at least I was, that when you walk into a room, you immediately begin to look for the authority in the room. Did you hear me? And you make sure that you're submitted to the authority in the room. Now, the authority may not be the one in charge. Okay? Men, ask your wives. <laughs> the authority, and, and I thank God for my wife who's not here, but she, uh, she said, if they receive you well, I'll come. <laughs> you know? So, so hopefully I'm being received. Am I, am I being received well? Okay. All right. I thought I heard somebody over here said it's too early to tell. <laughs> anyway, when you walk into a room, you immediately begin to sense in the spirit the authority. That's extremely important. And so I apologize to the pastor because I'd walked in and all of a sudden it hit me. And I was like, whoa. And I said, Pastor, at some point you need to sit down with me and educate me on the prophetic pertaining to this place. Yeah. Because it's very heavy, it's very kabod, it's very thick. Yeah. It's very thick. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm wanting to go this way and the Holy Spirit's saying go that way. <laughs> I, and, and I can tell by Pastor that y'all have gotten used to that. Yeah. I can tell you've gotten used to that. All right, so I want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit right now because we are in the midst of a tremendous shaking and everyone knows what I'm talking about, okay? And whenever that happens, it's like a, uh, we, were, we were on the set together and one of the questions birthed in me this particular message that you guys are going to be receiving and it's pertaining to the macro, if you're taking notes, it's pertaining to the macro, the mezzo, and the micro plan of God. 
Okay? Now, I can guarantee you this. I will not finish that message today. <laughs> uh, but what I want to make sure you understand is this. Is when the adversary, let there be no mistake, when the adversary is trying to impose their position on you from a global standpoint, a pandemic standpoint, you hear what I just said? Then it's time for you and me to focus on our micro. Did you hear me? When he hits you in the macro, you go and focus on the micro. You hear me? Now, with that being said, there is a grassroots movement that is moving. I mean, it's strong here. I mean, I, I walked right into it. It's like, whoa, ho, ho. Okay? And the grassroots starts with families, but it starts with the fathers. And I heard that there, but you didn't know what I was doing here. I walked right into that ancestral room, bam, and my message was being preached or, or being prophesied. Okay? Now, ladies, I want to make sure you understand this. What we're getting ready to do right now is a prophetic breaking. And that prophetic breaking is going to break something off of your family by first breaking something off of your husband. See, because what you don't realize is your husband has the authority. It's God-given. But with that authority, if he uses it properly, then the prophetic in every single woman gets accentuated beyond measure. Did you hear that? Okay? Write this down. Ladies, I want you to write it down because this way, if, if you're like my wife, she reminds me. Okay? All right? I have not had to go to the attic as of yet, but she reminds me. Now, some men, some men caught that one. All right? She reminds me. All right? And the more I pay attention, guess what? The less she reminds me. Amen? I heard somebody say that's right. Okay? All right. Numbers chapter 30. Numbers chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. And pastor, if I can get two or three, including you, being one of those two or three readers that has a mic, so that when I give a scripture, you can go ahead and just read it, and it'll flow a lot faster, and we'll get a lot more accomplished, I believe. Amen. Okay? All right? I just love the way pastor's got that, that, that uh, uh, obvious anointing, but he's got that authority with his anointing when he, when, when he, when he reads when he was reading uh, Jeremiah 10, 6? Wow. Okay. Numbers chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. If you're a male and you did not know this, now you will know this. Now, this is being attacked. Now, I don't know how true it is. You guys help me out because I don't know how true it is. I try to stay away from certain venues. Okay. But I heard that uh, in Congress, when they were doing their prayer, they said, they said what? The, a man and a what? Woman. We're being attacked. We're being attacked. You hear me? So you have to know your authority, men, in order for the women to be able to move phenomenally in their authority. Did you hear me that? Okay? You have to be prepared and ready with your anointing. 
You have to know what your anointing is. And you have to be able to walk in that and move in that anointing. And then the covering that comes with that anointing over your family and over that woman, she now can move in the prophetic like she's never been able to but desired to. Amen? Numbers chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. All right, go ahead, Pastor. Now these are the records of Aaron and Moses when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab, and the firstborn, and Abihu, and Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests, whom he consecrated to minister as priests, Nadab, and Abihu, and had died before the Lord when they offered profane fire before the Lord in the wilderness. Okay, stop for just a second. Give me uh, Leviticus. Oh, you, you said Leviticus? No, no, no. I want Leviticus because numbers is important, but I'm looking for... Wait, no. Go, go with Numbers chapter 30. What, that was verse 1, right? 30, honey. Oh, 30. <laughs> okay, that didn't sound like 30. That didn't sound like 30. Like, Holy Spirit, am I wrong? No. You no. better. Or, watch this. Am I wrong or is... Or am it's I my wrong? ears. Let's start again. <laughs> okay. Our, then Moses... Wait a Let's make it official, Pastor. I was wrong. It's Numbers chapter 30, verses 1 through Then Moses right. spoke to the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Or if a woman makes a vow to the Lord and binds herself by some agreement while in her father's house in her youth, and her father hears her vow and the agreement by which she has bound herself, and her father holds his peace, then all her vows shall stand, and every agreement with which she has bound herself shall stand. Stop. But if her Okay. Now, and I apologize. You got to. You got. You, you got to understand how I minister. The yep. Holy Spirit will tell me to stop, so I'll tell you to stop, okay, and good. then I'll tell you to go. And, good. And, go but, with but, it. But, amen. Do it. All right. Now, every male child has this anointing. It doesn't matter whether you are in the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, or not. If you are a male, you have this anointing upon you. Now, if you use the anointing unwisely, we know what happens, correct? But we're talking about using it wisely. We're talking about understanding what our authority is and how to walk in that authority. Within 24 hours, men, from the time that you hear a vow from your house, if you do nothing, then the vow stands. Within 24 hours, men, if you hear something that disrupts you, but yet you have an Ahab spirit. Can I say that here? Okay. We don't accept it here, but can I say that here? If the spirit of Yah, the spirit of God doesn't rise up in you and you say no, then the vow stands. Did you hear me? Say it again. Say it again. She said say it again. All right. And she's the mother of the church, I would assume it. So I'm going to say it again. <laughs> okay? If within 24 hours you allow peer pressure, what if I say the wrong thing and my wife gets angry at me again for the 50 millionth time? 
Can I, get in, can, I, can I run to the attic fast enough before she, yep, 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 yep. If you don't show yourself to be the man of God that God has called you to be, if you don't stop the vow, you not, not only do you live with it, but then it goes down three to four generations whether you have children or not. It goes three to four generations. Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. Who's the other reader? Who's the other reader? Oh, you only have one mic? If you only have one mic, let's go, let's go with you, Pastor, Pastor Dave. What's that? If you only have one mic other than one I have, let's just go with you if that's all right. Okay? All right. Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. The devil knows this one. The devil knows this passage of scripture. He uses it against us often. Exodus chapter 34, verse 7. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. If you are guilty of sin, iniquity or transgression, and you don't repent, then Satan has the right to plague you down to the third and the fourth generation. That's God's, God's mandate. That's not Satan's mandate. He just uses it. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. That's true. Always live in a state of repentance. Amen. That will shut the door. Amen. Pastor, didn't Pastor talk about shutting the door? And pastor, this is not anything I was getting ready to minister. It's okay. It's okay? All right. Hey, I don't care what you think because pastor said it's okay. There you go. So nah, 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 nah. <laughs> All right? Okay? Understand the authority that you have. Understand, men, the power that you have. With that power, you will accentuate not only the relationship with Yah, the relationship with God, but the relationship with yourself and Him and the relationship between you and your wife. Because the authority comes in and flows and begins to allow her to be all that she's already desired and wanted to be. Men understand the authority that you have. This grassroots movement is counting on you. It's counting on you. When you hear a vow that you have the authority to say no for you and your house, Joshua 24, 15, right? For you and your house. This is no longer at the global level anymore. Things have changed. You know that. It's now at the micro level. You've got to take charge. We've got to take charge of our house. It says the violent does what? Takes it by force. What do they take by force? They take the kingdom. They don't go after the devil. They take the kingdom. Did you catch that? Did Jesus ever go after the devil? No. 
He cast him out when he was in his way. <laughs> okay, hello? When he was in Jesus' way. The Gadarenes, he, he, he came out of, the, out of the cave and got in his way. Why? Because Jesus was about what? Kingdom business. Are we getting this? Are we, are, are we receiving this? The authority that you have is what's being threatened, men. Because they know that if they can get you to capitulate, then the only recourse that the women have, the only recourse that she has, see, because someone has to sanctify that home. Do you hear me, yeah. ladies? This is your cue. Someone has to sanctify that home. Now help me out, Pastor. I think it's 1 Corinthians 7.14. Okay? I believe it's 1 Corinthians 7.14. Now my wife knows this better than I because she has let me know in a loving way. She's, she's a wonderful wife. I, she, so I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm picking at her. I'm just kind of making fun as a ministry. Okay? Uh, she's very, very submissive. I'm very blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, but she knows this particular passage of Scripture because her viewpoint is if you miss it, then I'm going to make it. Amen. If you miss sanctifying this home, I'm going to sanctify this home. Amen. I've got my orders from the king. And I believe it's first. I believe it's First Corinthians seven fourteen. Is that right? I believe that is. All right. Could you go ahead and read that for us? For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by right, the wait, wife. Wait, no, Pastor. Dave, you, you need to let the wife read this. Oh, you, See, you, you read She that. wants all of this. She wants all of this. She's like, honey, you heard what what the rabbi said. If you miss it, Amen. I'm going to activate this passage of scripture. Go ahead. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Otherwise, your children, and we can add to that, right? We can add Exodus chapter 34, verse 7, and say, your children's children's children. Amen. To the fourth generation. Amen. We can add that. Because it's scripture, right? He doesn't want you, Satan, doesn't want you to know this because you'll apply it. And when you apply it, you'll get the results that, that we should get as believers, as New, as New Testament believers. Is this making sense? Okay, now we're going to uh, go into the... Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor, could you please stand right here? And men, could you come behind Pastor... If you want to, if you desire. This is not a manipulating tool. Okay, I want to make sure you understand this is not a manipulating tool, so I apologize. You do have a choice in the matter. Okay? You have a choice in the matter. All right? Now, understand this, men. Does anybody know, by a raising of your hand, does anybody know what a minion is? Okay? Now, now you've got to watch me. Because if you say, mm-hmm, I'm going to say, okay, here's the mic. What is a minion? 
I'm going to try that again. You ready? Does anybody know what a minion is? Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he probably still does know. He's just being polite. Okay. When Abraham was pleading for Lot, you remember that? When Abraham was pleading for Lot, he whittled God's number down to what? Ten. ten. Minion means ten, ten men. Now, that's a, you know, it's, it's a little bit more elaborate than that in the Jewish aspect, but for, for, for understanding purposes, it's ten. That's ten men that are united. That's ten men that are praying. That's ten men have the same focus. Now, we got more than ten right now. Okay? So what that tells me is that the moment we do this, the Spirit of the Lord is going to start guiding you. And my prayer is that it guides you like Philip. Yeah. You remember Philip? Yes. All right? In Acts chapter 8, Philip was so guided by the Lord that when God needed a special agent further away than where Philip was, Philip got what? Translated. So I'm expecting that. Because if... And I, and I say this politely. I say this politely. Listen to me, men. This will mess your authority up. And this is not something I like to say. But you need to understand your authority is under siege. If I don't like this man, but he's in an office that I have to respect, I respect the office. I'm going to say that again, men, because you can lose your authority so quickly. I may not like this man, which I do like him, and I know him, all right? But I had to clarify, all right? Plus, he's a big man, all right? I may have to put my lunch out and, and say, hey, you know, before I, you know. Anyway, this man, I have to respect the anointing of the office that he carries. As long as I do that, then God protects me from this man. Remember Dan, um, uh, Daniel? His, his inferiors, not his superiors or his equals, ratted on him and set him up. And the king who liked Daniel didn't even confer with him and say, hey, these are your uh, inferior uh, uh, executives saying blah, 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 this and that. What do you say? Because you, you're over them. He didn't even... Do that. He went ahead, boom, signet ring into law, meeting Persians, boom, it was done. And David's in the lion's den, and he's still giving praise to the king. When the king says, Hey, you know, has your God delivered you? And he says, Yes, O king who lives forever. Now I'm going to tell you, that probably would not have been me. <laughs> but then the lions might have been yum yum, eat him up too. But that's where, we, that's where we've got to go, and that's where we've got to be, man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because I give him the, the, the respected authority nomenclature does not mean that I agree with him. But what it does mean is that I'm protected by the great I am. Do you understand? So we're going to pray. And when we pray, 
you have the right and privilege to accept it or to reject it. Now understand, the authority is still there. So all you're doing is rejecting something that's, that's not going to go away. <laughs> Just being honest. I mean, I had to tell you that. All right? But you need to understand the anointing. Because this anointing will begin to manifest in such a way that others will, will pick it up real quickly. Because it's God's anointing. It's God with you. Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, we stand as men. And as men, we say that you've called us to be who we are and to walk in the anointing of who we are. We don't shuck our responsibility. We come against the spirit of Ahab and we cast it into the dry place. We don't accept an Ahabish spirit. Amen. Therefore, there will not be birthed a Jezebel. Amen. Because we will not yes, allow that spirit of Jezebel to yes. be in our home. Amen. We will stand for righteousness. We will walk in holiness. And we will be persistent with the anointing of promise that you've given us. We desire to be like Philip and to be led by the spirit of the living Yah so that we do all the things that you desire. So that when you desire a special mission-oriented person, you think of me. You say, how is Pastor David doing? We've got a special mission for him and his men. So, Father, we receive that. And everyone that receives that says, Amen. 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 Give God a hand clap, please. Amen. Now, women, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you to come up also. All right? Now, women, understand this. There is a tremendous anointing of boldness in women that are already there. Okay? All right? What we have to do, women, and I say we, we as in you, not we as in me, right? All right? All right? What we have to do is we have to give those men the opportunity to begin to shine. And we have to be there and be ready to catch, okay? The strongest anointing on a woman is her mouth. Amen. And, and that is an amen. And for, and for us men, for us men, that's an oh no. Okay? All right? So what I'm asking is twofold. I'm asking you to understand and know when to step in and sanctify that home. Okay, because that's the most important thing here. Not how you feel, not how he feels, not whether or not he spoke to you nicely or didn't speak to you nicely. Is the home sanctified? Amen. We are coming up on Passover. Huh. And in Passover, we need for the death angel to pass over. All right, after that, if you want to pull the man to the side and say, look, all right, you do that. But make sure the most important thing is have the deaf angel pass over. 
Because if our Pharaoh changes, if our Pharaoh changes, you're going to need to have the death angel pass over. Did you hear that? Amen? Now, this is practical Messianic 101 is what we're dealing with right now. Okay? All right, so we're praying those two things over you. All right? And understand, my wife will tell you, the way I'm wired, and I'm not sure if I'm wired the same way most men are, probably, but the way I'm wired is if she tells me one time, I hear it ten times out of the one time that she said it. So she gets upset with me when I get upset with her when she said it three times. Because to her, it's three times. What is it to me? 30 times! Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like my granddaughter says, really? You know? Do you understand? Now, of course, I've got to get some patience because that's a virtue. But she also has to have some spirit of discernment to know when you say it and it registers. And then you back away and you don't have to say anything else. Okay? Now, for some of us, me included, you have to say it three, 30 times. But that's not with everything. Okay? So I'm asking for the spirit of discernment. I'm asking you to make sure that at all costs, the mission in your life coming this Passover, which happens to be a blood red moon. Okay? So depending on which, which way the Pharaoh goes, it's going to be interesting. Amen? So we need our grassroots movement ready. Amen? Amen? Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you, we magnify you, we glorify you. We thank you for what you're doing in this place and in these individuals. Father, we thank you for the spirit of discernment, which is a part of the gifts of the spirit, part of those nine gifts that they already have because they have the spirit that lives and dwells in them. Father, I ask that that spirit of discernment begin to not only discern the things that are happening without, but also discern the things that are happening within, within their homes and within themselves, so that their words can be tempered with salt. That she will know, that she will know what to say, how to say it, and when to say it, and to what degree to say it. Because the mission is too important. The biblical Passover is upon us. And you have earmarked that Passover. You've outlined that Passover with another blood red moon. So you really want us to know and be prepared and to be ready. Father, and as those men begin to walk in the anointing, Father, allow a supernatural prophetic insight to manifest in each and every one of these women. And for these women who don't have a, a, um, a husband as their covering, this church and pastor and his wife are their covering. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So as that manifests, let that move and grow and mature and nurture. Allow them to be sensitive to the authority in the room. See, because Satan doesn't want you to be sensitive to the authority in the room because that will make your, your anointing stronger. Let them be sensitive to the authority in the room. Yes. 
so that their authority and manifested glory will be stronger. And every woman, in the sound of my voice, and those out there that received that and accepted that, said, Amen. Amen. So be it unto you. Nurture it. Cultivate it. Protect it. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand clap. Amen. Amen. You, you can be seated now. Amen? Now, Pastor, how much time do I have? And, and I mean, really, really, how much time? I know you would say, well, you got I, I really want to be respectful. 30 minutes, okay. I, all right, 30 minutes. I can do it in 30 minutes. All right, in 30 minutes, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight to uh, one of the books that I'm working on that, 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 that you talked about. All right, now, because I only have 30 minutes, raise your hand if you know anything about the ancient Jewish wedding. Now, you should know some things, because some, yeah, some people have watched or listened to Perry Stone and, and, and others, and, and have heard some things, right? Okay, good, good. All right. Well, thank you, Perry Stone and, and others. You've made my life a lot easier <laughs> in this case. All right. Now, prayerfully, I'm going to give you some rich nuggets that you may never have heard. That you may never have heard. Okay? All right. Let's quickly, and I'm, we're going to go quick. So uh, write it down, get the tape, whatever, whatever means you need. Okay? Let's go to Matthew. Okay? We're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read, be reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. Matthew chapter 5, verse what? 17. Through 20. You know, I'm here, men, I'm hearing more women here. I'm telling you, they are acting on their 1 Corinthians 7, 14 rights. I already see that I'm going to have to come back and pray for the men again. I'm going to, say, I'm going to, I'm going to ask and say, where's Rick? Uh, he's up in the attic. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20. Go ahead, sir. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or tittle will be at no means passed from the law till it is all fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Unless your righteousness does what? Does it say exceeds or replace? Exceeds. So that means the Torah is still intact. Amen? You with me? Now, the Torah is intact until when? It's in that passage. Read verse 18. Until, until heaven and earth pass away. Which heaven and earth? Now there's two. There's two heavens and there's two earths. There's a new heaven and earth, and there is an old heaven and earth. Good. Come on now. So until which heaven and earth pass away? The old. Are we on the old heaven and earth right now? So that means Torah still stands. Well, yeah, but Rabbi rhetorical here. I'm having a little conversation with myself. It's okay. 
I won't answer too many times. Well, Rabbi, but you, you said that, but Jesus done, has done away with the Torah. No, that's not what he said. He says, I did not come to do what? Destroy. What does that mean? Real quick. What it means is this, is in that particular day, in that time, the rabbis, when they taught, they taught in a very semi-circle, semi, somewhat like this. Okay? They had a grading system. Their grading system was not a grading system where you write things down and you get an A, you get a B, you get a C, you get a D, you get an F. No. Their grading system was such and an, an enforced by the seating arrangement. Acts chapter 22, verse 3. Go ahead and get that, please. All right. So that was the seating arrangement. The seating arrangement determined. Sir, what is your name? Right here. Thomas. All right. But you're not dining, Thomas. You're not, you're not Didymus. All right. Okay. All right. The seating, seating arrangement determined who was the smartest person in the class. So right now, Thomas would be the smartest person in the class because he's right there closest to the rabbi. Now, somebody might say, well, yeah, but rabbi, Jesus said not to call yourself rabbi. Okay, thank you for somebody saying that. All right, Matthew chapter 23. All right, who said right? Okay, so you get to go read this. Oh, who's that? You did? Okay. Or you get to go read this. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. All right. Add to that Matthew chapter 16, or correction, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 20. Pertaining to the rabbi issue. Okay. All right. Yes, ma'am? I only got 30 minutes. No, you have as long as you need. No, no, Pastor said I got 30 minutes, so I got to get them scriptures out. No, at least. At least, oh, at least, okay. I was thinking at most. I was thinking at most. All right, so Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 8, referring to, and I'll slow down, all right, referring to calling someone a rabbi or not. This was a discussion that Jesus had, that Yeshua had with his disciples, his Talmudim. You add to that particular passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through about 19 or 20. And we'll come to that, but we've got to double back around and get uh, Pastor David to read the passage that I'd already given before all of that. Was that Acts? Acts 22. Acts 22, verse 3. Okay? Acts 22, verse 3. Verse 3. Okay? All right, now this is Paul speaking. All right, anybody ever heard of the term Hebraic idiom? You have? Okay, and a Hebraic idiom, has anybody ever heard of a southern colloquialism? Raise your hand. All right, is anybody not from the south? Raise your hand. When you came to the south and they told you to cut out the light, were you like, what in the world are you doing? I was, I mean, I, I, I like a little bit of construction tools. So I'm thinking, you want me to get a sawzall and cut the light out? It's a colloquialism. It is an idiom. It is a phraseology, a vernacular, that is uh, connected to that indigenous people group. Amen. That they speak, that they understand what they're saying. But guess what? You don't. And so you have to ramp up to learn what they're talking about. Well, there's Hebraic idioms in Acts chapter 22, verse 3. These are 
idioms, these are colloquialisms, these are vernaculars, these are only referring from a Hebraic understanding. So Paul is going to say a statement. I'm going to preface the statement before it's read. And that statement is he says, now y'all don't laugh. This is very serious, okay, what I'm about to say. So please don't hurt my feelings as best you can. Somebody already did. <laughs> anyway, uh, Paul says, I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Paul did not have a foot fetish. He did not have any problems in that area. Thank you, y'all did really well. You didn't laugh. I thought for sure I'd get a laugh out of that one. Anyway, what that means was, like Thomas, he was the closest seat, which would be at the foot of the rabbi, which means he was the smartest one in the class. He was the valedictorian. Go ahead and read. He says, I am indeed a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law, and was zealous toward God as you all are today. Okay. Amen? You see that? All right, now let's go to Matthew chapter 23, verses 1 through 8. Jesus said, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Okay, stop. When it says that they sit in Moses' seat, that means that there was an authority in every single synagogue, because there weren't churches back then, <laughs> okay? In every single synagogue, but it's just like a church. Hello? Okay. All right, so we would say that Pastor David sits in a seat, a physical seat, but it's also a spiritual seat where he has the delegated authority and the anointing of God in that scenario when the anointing falls upon him to pass judgment or blessing or cursing upon you. So when it says that, that's a Hebrew idiom. That's huge. Remember, Jesus was in front of Pontius Pilate, and he was also in front of um, the high priest, Cleophas. And he never disrespected the authority, even though we know what type of person Cleophas was. Why? Because he was sitting in his seat. Men, remember what we, what we prayed over you. Don't disrespect the authority or it will go on you because you made a vow right here. That's what that was, in case you didn't know that. I got duplicates in heaven, so don't, don't, you know, don't mess with me. <laughs> All right, continue to read. Do not do according to their works. Don't do what they're doing because they're violating Torah. But they're teaching you to do it. So submit to the Torah because that is right. Okay, continue. They say and they do not do. Mm -hmm. For they bind heavy burdens. Right. Hard to bear. That's right. And they lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Hmm. They make their phylacteries broad and they enlarge the borders of their garments. 
Now, when they say the borders of the garments, they're talking about the tzitzit. Okay? Just to, just to make sure, because I don't know what you know, what you don't know. Okay? They love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi. Mm -hmm. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, mm -hmm. the Christ, and you are all brethren. Okay, stop there. Now, Jesus told them not to be what? Called rabbi. Did he also give the for instance and the ex explanation why? Okay, now real quick, just because of time, let's go to Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. All right, and I'm going to uh, pass that mantle back to you to read, sir. Okay, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through about 20. Now, this is talking about the, the rich young ruler. Everywhere where it says ruler, you have to realize it's not a ruler. Anybody know what it is? Thomas? It's a rabbi. But guess what, Thomas? In most cases, it's not just a rabbi. It's the rabbis in the Sanhedrin court. All right? Thomas, get me John chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. John chapter 3, 1 through 4. Just read verse 1 and 2. Go ahead and read real quick, and I'll be coming your way. And... You guys pray that we get as much as we can in in the short time that we have. All right? Thomas, you there yet? Thomas, are you there yet? Thomas, are you... Yes, uh, well, just do one through, one, through, one and two. It should be, should be suffice. A what? Pharisees. Now, we know that Nicodemus was more than a ruler, don't we? What was he? He was a part of the Sanhedrin 70, the Supreme Court. But they keep using that word what? Ruler. That's why this young man, and they're using the same term in the Greek for ruler, I believe was more than just a rabbi. You hear me? Okay. All right, back over here. Matthew chapter 19, verse... All right, all right. And... When, you, when we say rabbi, do we know what that means? Teacher, master, my master. Okay? All of those are good terms. All right, go ahead, sir. Uh, now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall good I do? Who? Teacher. So what did he just call? He called him a rabbi, didn't he? Yes. He sure did. Now let's see what Jesus is going to say, because shouldn't Jesus correct him? Hello? Somebody screamed out, you know, Matthew 23. Let's see if he corrects him. And if he does, what does he correct him on? The word good or the word? Or, yeah, I know. Go ahead. So what good thing shall I do that I may eat? have eternal life so he said to him why do you call me good no one is good but one that is God but if you want to enter into life keep the commandments and wait no, no 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 pastor you weren't supposed to go that far because see that will kick me out of 98 percent of the Christian churches right there oh. really? see because what that was and what that said all right now now uh, um, my armor bearer is praying right now because he knows that I'm trying to, I'm overcoming some toxicity and so I'm still feeling a little wobbly, but inside I'm still a kid. Yeah. 
So we're going to see who wins here in a second. But I think I better go ahead and grab a hold of the table of the chair and uh, be wise. But anyway, what Jesus said there is phenomenal. Does anybody did anybody else hear what what Pastor read there? What he said was that if you follow the Torah, you receive eternal life. That's in the New Testament, y'all. I didn't, I didn't know if you, you know, you, sometimes you got to remember. Sometimes you got to remember. Now, the problem is, is we all have sinned and fallen, fallen short. short. That's the problem. See, because over 37 years I've been in, in, in the Messianic way, and one of the terrible things that I've seen, Pastor, that hurts my heart, is when a Christian begins to connect with their Hebraic roots and then they start to connect in such a way to where they get to a place to where they denounce Jesus Christ. Oh! Do you understand what... Some of y'all might know a few. You understand what I'm saying to you? That is sacrilege. Does anybody know what the essence of Torah is? Can I tell you? Yeshua is the essence of Torah. So if I go after Torah, thinking that I've got Torah, and leave Jesus, I've left everything. Amen. Okay? All right, who's new, who is the newest married person in here? Newest married person. Do you know who the newest married person? All right, who's the oldest married person in here? <laughs> Are there anybody in here that's married? We're not, we're not married. <laughs> Other than Pastor David. All right, I'm going to use Pastor, Pastor David. All right, and his wife. Okay. All right. Now, Pastor David, when you got married, uh, did you get a marriage contract, a marriage certificate? You guys signed that, right? Okay. All right. You had to check, right? All right. Now, now and, and we're going to keep this rated uh, PG. Not PG-13, just PG. Okay? All right? Okay. Um, when you got married, what did you do when you went on your honeymoon? Did you take your marriage uh, contract, your marriage certificate? Did you take that with you? I don't think so. I think, Mama said, I don't think so. That wasn't on our mind. Hey. <laughs> okay? The Torah is our marriage certificate the Torah is our marriage contract but when we go on a honeymoon with Yeshua Jesus our husband our marriage contract will be sitting on the wall somewhere in the house or in the closet or in the drawer somewhere do you understand what I'm saying don't let anyone have you hold on to your marriage contract while you're on your honeymoon and your spouse is saying, honey, and you say, just a minute. Oh, wow, that is so beautiful. All the handwriting's in your coat. Yeah. That's what they're doing with Torah. Mm. Did you catch that? Wow. Yes. <clears throat> That's what they're doing with Torah. Wow. But the essence of Torah is right there, waiting for you in the bedroom chamber. Wow. Amen. Did you know that the rapture is in the Old Testament? The rapture is in the Old Testament. Anybody know where it is? 
No, I'm now in it is a type and shadow. I'm talking about exactly right there. I'm not talking about type and shadow. Isaiah, let's go there. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. We're going to see three prophecies. One of them has come to pass, but the other two have not as of yet. 26. Now, if you keep shouting, he ain't going to invite me back. <laughs> and the reason why is because I'm going to be shouting with you. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but then I guess if everybody shouts, then you can't say it was me, right? <laughs> Isaiah 26, verse 19, 20, and 21. I'm going to give you two Hebrew words. Oh, wow. Look at that. I'm going to give you two Hebrew words. Now, this is part of the ancient Jewish wedding also. Okay? Verse 19 talks about the prophetic death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the, the former saints that were rose with him. Write this down. Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53. Matthew 27, verses 50 through 53. Verse 20 is when God says, come up hither. In the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, Yahud, in the Hebrew, it talks about coming into a private bedroom chamber. That's a part of the ancient Jewish wedding. And we'll go into that and then we'll go to a close. Okay? To be respectful and to be honorable of the time and to be honorable of you guys and, and especially to uh, Pastor David. Amen. Then verse 21 talks about the latter part of the tribulation period. It talks about the latter part of the tribulation period. I'm talking about the great tribulation. I'm talking about the three and a half years of great tribulation and at the very end is the wrath of God. And in your Bibles it says indignation but it should say the wrath of God. And then it goes on into chapter 27 verses 1 through 3. And it brings into play the millennial period. It's right there. Go ahead and read that real quick, sir. Just, just, just 19, 20, and 21, if you would. So your dead shall live together with my dead body. They shall arise, awake and sing, you who dwell in dust. For your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast it cast out the dead alright stop there for just a second uh, real quick if you could go to Matthew chapter 27 verses 50 51 52 53 the, that prophecy came to pass when Yeshua rose from the dead and they saw the saints of old now you know that had to be a supernatural manifestation of the spirit of knowledge because they didn't know what David looked like they didn't have pictures they didn't have iPhones and all of that stuff 
But they knew when they came up out of the grave and went into the city who those individuals were. Come on now. Go ahead. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. They appeared to many. So verse 19 has it been fulfilled? Yes. Verse 20. Now we're going back to verse 20 of Isaiah of chapter 26. Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. Right. Stop. That is a poor translation. I'm sorry. It's not enter your chambers. It's enter the bedroom chamber. The one, only Yes. Hakadar. Yes. <coughs> Enter the bedroom chamber. In the Hebrew, H A Ha is the direct article, the. Gar, of course, is chamber, but Yakud is private bedroom. Yakud. This is the rapture. So there's going to be a bedroom chamber meeting with us and with Yahshua. Now we've got a guarantee. I'm not trying to mess with your theology. Please understand this. But we have a guarantee. Now would you go with, would you rather go with a risk or a guarantee? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. All right. Now I've got a risk over here. All right, I'm Jewish, so I'm getting ready to sell something. Okay. All right. I've got a risk right here. This is called pre-trib rapture. Oh, yeah. And guess what? I'm also going to name when the rapture is going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm not going to get on national TV and ask forgiveness. Amen. I'm just going to change the name. Oh. <laughs> And you're going to buy it. Wow. Hello. Hello. Not too far from home, is it? And I'm going to use as one of the pivotal scriptures. One of the pivotal scriptures. I'm going to use Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Come on, yeah. You bought it too, huh? She did. Oh, yeah, you know, like she pointed her out. No, she's the one that bought it. I didn't buy it. All right. You know they're not going to ask me to come back. <laughs> All right. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Now, this is, this is just a part of the book. Pastor, when you ask me to give a little excerpt of the book that I'm working on, this is just a part of I that. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. And after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. 
Okay, after this, both in the front of that passage and in the rear of that passage. Okay, write this down. This is the Greek word that's at the front of that passage and at the rear of that passage. The Greek word is meta, M-E-T-A, tauta, T-A-U-T-A. Meta, M-E-T-A, tauta, T-A-U-T-A. You can look it up in the Strong's Concordance. It has two, uno, dos. It's got two meanings. It either means after these things, or it means with overarching these things. Okay? Does that make sense? Pastor David, if you can come here for just a second. I need you right there. Right here. And we are closing. Are you sure? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Now, Pastor, Pastor is going to walk slowly, slowly, okay? Because I'm still trying to get through my toxicity, okay? So be easy. I will scream like a girl if you outdo me. You already outdid me, but don't outdo me. All right. Okay. So you're going to walk slowly towards those steps. Real slow. Even turtle speed. Not turbo turtle, but turtle speed. Okay. I got grandchildren. You know how to shoot. You watch those things. Anyway, I am after him. That's one definition. But the other definition is I am overarching him. I'm with him. You see it? Thank you, sir. Did you see that? Now, how can we know which one it is? Very simple. How many people grew up, which it should be most of you, how many people grew up with hooked on phonics? Phonics, you know, you, that's how you learn how to read and instead of sightsee and all this other stuff they're doing now. Okay? All right? We're just going to continue to read, and it, it's either going to show me this after that, or it's going to show me things that happen in heaven and then things that happen on the earth. See, because God brought him up to heaven to let him see the things that were happening in heaven that corresponded with the things that are happening on the earth. Now, if that's the case, then I can't sell you this because my theory, hypothesis, lie, (laughs) pertaining to the fact that it's talking about the rapture happening before the tribulation, there's a problem, there's a flaw. Now, I have a guarantee over here, and I'll give you this guarantee. The guarantee is that Jesus' bride will never see the wrath of God. Not only will the bride never see the wrath of God, the Father promises that the bride will never see the wrath of God. Amen? Now we need proof, right? Don't just say that, that, that black rabbi. I, I guess I can say that on national. You know, uh, yeah. I wasn't sure, you know, because, you know, I was applying for a job and I got the job. I was from, believe it or not, I was from Alabama and I got the job in Alabama. Uh, and it, he did a, uh, a telephone interview. Well, obviously, I smashed it. <laughs> All right. I showed up for the job and the guy looks at me 
And then I tell him, hey, I'm John Atkins, John Wesley Atkins. I came here uh, for the job, and you know, we did blah, blah, blah. And he, and he did this. I, I wasn't offended, I bet, but it, I just want you to understand that I understand. He looked around on both sides of me as I was talking. And he was looking to see if one of his buddies was playing a joke on him with me. Oh, I'm serious. And then when he realized that it wasn't a joke, and I said, well, do I have the job? He says, oh, no, 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 I can't give the job to you. So I know, I understand. Now, God bless me even more. But if I would have broken my authority, if I would have acted a fool, men, then I would have lost the bigger blessing that God had for me. Lesson learned. Amen? Lesson learned. Okay, where are we at? Yeah, you, you don't know. I'm the one ministering, and I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah 26, verse 20 and 21. 21 is the wrath. Oh, thank you. All right, write this down real quick, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Okay? That's when Yeshua promises the bride. Now, he doesn't promise the friend. Pastor David, he doesn't promise the friend. He doesn't promise the servant. Come on now. Somebody's catching on. But he does promise the bride that the bride will not be in the wrath of God. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Whoever has that one? Who's got it? First Thessalonians, you got it? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. You are witnesses and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behave ourselves among you. No, that's not it. That's not it, ma'am. But, but you really read very powerfully. You read very powerfully. First Thessalonians chapter 1, all right, up here in the back. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. Who delivers us from what? Oh, that's my husband. That's your husband. He's delivering you from what? To come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. I think, you know what I think it is? I think y'all are trying to test me to see if I even know where my scriptures are and what they sound like. I really, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. I really think that's what's happening here. Thomas, that's what's happening. Yes. All right. All right. Okay. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine. For Who God said we can't did. Have fun at church. Yes. Amen. amen. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but right. to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus read that, Christ. Read that one more time. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Jesus' father did not appoint us to wrath. Now, the us he's talking about is the bride. It's not the friend. Now, we can't go there we, you know, because of time, but Matthew chapter 22, one of the parables that Jesus gave, Matthew chapter 22, 1 through 14. 1 through 14. Now, we can, possibly, if it's okay, we can read verse 12 through 14 of Matthew chapter 22. Now, what are you talking about, Rabbi? What I'm talking about here is this. I'm talking about the fact that we may have, may have, Thomas, May have, 
been sold a bill of goods, they can't buy anything. So maybe I'm here on assignment to let you know what the criteria of a bride is and to make sure you qualify. Now you probably might already qualify, I don't know. But if you don't qualify, in the altar call that I'm giving, along with Pastor David, I want to make sure you understand what that means from a Hebraic perspective. Not from a Christian perspective, and, there's not, and I'm not saying that to be ill-minded or disrespectful. Please understand, I want to keep my authority, so I am not here to become disrespectful. But I am here to share with a little bit of truth that I might have, that if the Spirit is willing, and if you hear what the Spirit says to the church, that maybe you might want to comply with. Because the way it looks from my TV set, Things can get ugly in a hurry after the 20th. If certain things don't happen before the 20th, things are definitely going to get ugly after the 20th. Y'all understand what I said and what I didn't say. Okay, so you're prepared for before the 20th. Okay, I want to get you spiritually prepared for after the 20th. Did you hear what I said and you understand what I'm saying to you and what I'm not saying to you? Good. Okay. Go ahead, sir. Uh, 12, yeah. 22, verse 12. So and that's Matthew. Matthew chapter 22, verse 12 through 14. Uh, to ramp you up to speed because we weren't able to read all of it. This is a, a, par a parable. He, uh, you know that you spoke a lot in parables. Okay? It's what in the Hebrew they call a drosh or drasha. Okay? It's a sermon, but it's a parable sermon. To, get to, to give you perspective. Parables are made to give you perspective, no matter where you are, high or low, in the pecking order. All right, and this one, this one is talking about Jesus coming back. It's talking about the, the wedding. And the individual that came was a friend and was kicked out of the wedding. As a friend. Go ahead and read. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? Without and a what? Without a wedding garment. Without a wedding garment. What is a wedding garment? Righteousness. Understand this. The wedding garment has twofold. It's twofold. The wedding garment is talked about pertaining to the priest. When the priest goes into the Holy of Holies, he has two main garments on. He has the, the white robe, and then he has the trousers. Now, he also has a sash to keep things together. <laughs> but those are the two garments. That trousers are indicative of salvation, accepting Yeshua. That righteous garment is indicative of of walking in Torah. Amen. Amen. Now, you need to understand it's also indicative of the mikvah. Anybody know what a mikvah is besides her? Yep. <laughs> it's a bath. Huh? A bath. A bath. Take a bath. Or what? A, a bath. bath. 
A bath. Washing. It is, it is our washing. It is our baptism. Yes. It is our baptism. At baptism, your robe of righteousness is placed upon you. Yes. At baptism. And it is important the way that you are baptized. The mikvah is a part of the ancient Jewish wedding. Did you know that? If there's four ways that you as the spouse, as the woman, which in God's eyes towards Yeshua, we're all the bride here. There's four ways that you can stop the wedding and say, no, I don't want any part of it. Number one way, if you're, if you're taking notes, number one way is to not get baptized. Now remember, in the ancient Jewish way, they baptized only one way. They baptized in the name of their husband. They baptized in the name of their husband. They never baptized in the name of the titles of their husband. They baptized in the name of their husband. Now I pray and hope that I'm not stepping on toes, going against protocol, or hurting anybody's feelings here, or any of that. I'm not here for that. Pastor Dave, did I ask you for anything? I didn't ask for anything because this is a pleasure to me. This is an honor to me. I'm called to make brides, not to make servants, and definitely not to make friends. Amen? Amen. Uh, you, know, you know, Pastor David, after it came out, I, I was like, hey, come back in. It was too late, right? It was too late. It was too late. He just came out of there and was like, ouch, that hurt. What is a servant? A servant, now remember, Jesus spoke about these three classes of people on the earth. Actually, four. Fourth was what pastor said that he doesn't ever want to be, and that is a heathen. Jesus spoke about heathens. He spoke about servants. A servant is one that asks Jesus to be his savior, but doesn't know and understand anything more than that. A friend is one that either gets water baptized or, not and, or gets baptized in the Holy Spirit and nothing more than that. A bride is one that does all of those to include, submits herself to the marriage contract, which is Torah. The, the ketubah. You've, you guys have heard of that term, right? All right. And the second thing that, that she can do to nullify, thought I forgot, didn't you? Second thing that she could do to nullify the wedding is not wait for him to come back after building the house. Now, I'm assuming that you know most of these things, so I don't have to go into, into detail. don't have time for that. The third thing is there's a, there's a cup that she drinks with her husband during the Kiddushim or the engagement period, because they've got two different periods. They've got an engagement period, and then they have a wedding period, the Nasuin, Nasuin period, which is the wedding. The Nasuin, do you know what Nasuin means? It means the carrying away. So when the wedding period comes, she gets swept off her feet and carried away to the place where they're going to consummate the wedding.
That's called the rapture, folks. The rapture is not for, look out. Uh, Reverend Ralph, you got the keys? Okay, all right, could you, could you jingle the keys right about now? Please jingle the keys. Okay, all right. This is just in case it doesn't go well. <laughs> all right, okay. The rapture was never meant for our understanding of the New Testament church. The rapture was meant for the bride. It's a part of the ancient Jewish wedding from Genesis to Revelations. Now, does that mean that the church isn't going to go? Of course not. You need to but you need to understand what it's for. If you have the components that I'm going to say, and I'm going to share with you, and we're going to have you pray and then get with pastor, and, 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 and you guys work through that, you qualify. You don't have to wear a bullseye kip on your, on, on your head or any of that other stuff. Okay? I want to make sure you understand that. But the qualifications, you better make sure that you qualify according to what he says. Because if you don't qualify according to what he says, oh my goodness. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21 through 23. Somebody knows where I'm going. Yes. Ouch. Yeah, come on now. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall Stop. enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what did you just say? Not, not everyone. Not everyone who says, says what? Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Okay? Not everyone. I almost reached my limit there. Somebody saw that. I'm going back to the chair. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm rehabbing, but I got to rehab slow. You know, I can't rehab where my mind thinks I am. Okay? Does it say, look at your Bible, don't look at me. Does it say in your Bible, not everyone that says, Savior, Savior. No. Now, there may be a little bit of controversy here, Bishop. I mean, well, you probably are a bishop too, but no, uh, uh, Pastor. Um, but these individuals were saved. They are saved. Lordship is the next step. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Lordship is the next step. So if they were saved, then they were what? It starts with an S. Servants. Servants. These people were friends. They had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They moved in the gifts of the Spirit. So what the heck in the world is going on here? I'll tell you. Go ahead and read, sir. Not everyone shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. All right. Now, what is he referring to? He's not referring to the kingdom of heaven as we understand it. Guess what he's referring to? You ready? New Jerusalem. The holy city. Hi. She's cute. Just won my heart right there. Just the holy city. The bride and only the bride will be in the holy city. 
The holy city is where the mansions are. The holy city is where the bride, where, where the bridegroom went to go get things prepared. That's talked about in Revelations, which we're not going to go there. There's a bunch of scriptures. Hopefully you realize there's a bunch of scriptures in me that could come out right about now. Okay? It would be messy, but they would come out. <laughs> It's all about being a bride, folks. It's all about knowing what it means to be a bride and to work on your micro and do and be that bride that he's calling for. I would be remiss if I did not end with that. I would be in trouble from God if I knew that and did not share that with you. This is all Hebraic. Continue to read, and then we'll do two more, and then we'll shut it down. Not that I want to, but it's, it's needful. Because you, you, you've gotten a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of stuff to think about and ponder, would you say? None of it is in my opinion. I hope you realize that. So don't shoot fiery darts at me and say, well, that rabbi said. No, he did not. He's, he told you where to go in a nice way. Where to go in a nice way. <laughs> he told you where to go in the, and look it up in the book. How's that? That sounds better. Okay, go ahead. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Stop. What does it take to prophesy? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Continue. Cast out demons in your name. What does it take to cast out demons? The Holy Spirit. Go ahead. And done many wonders in your name. What does it take to do many wonders? Are you catching on? Yes. yes. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Stop. Depart. That's harsh. Yes. That's harsh. Yes, it is. But guess what? You ready? That's English. That's English. It's harsh because it's English. What do you mean, Rabbi? When you go into the Greek and you look up that word, I never knew you. It's gnosko. It means I never consummated the wedding with you. Amen. Mercy. That means you were never my bride. You were my friend. You qualified also as a servant. But you were never my bride. Now, now Pastor David, I'm going to help you out on this one, okay? The answer is one, okay? Pastor David, how many wives do you have? One. Now, did you notice how quickly he said, one? <laughs> okay. Now, she's writing, but she was getting ready to pull. <laughs> there's only one bride. There's many friends. And there's even more servants. Which one do you want to be? The bride. Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. If you want to be the bride, then there's a mikvah that you have to make sure that you have. 
John, last, last passage of scripture, John chapter 3. John chapter 3, Gospel of John, chapter 3. But Rabbi, don't you know that Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 is in the Bible? Yeah, I know it's in the Bible. Now, if you ask me whether or not it's supposed to be in the Bible, second century. Before the second century, it wasn't there in the manner in which it was written. One of the professors from Georgia, who's retired, went back and did an exhaustive study on the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew originally was written in Hebrew, and it was written to the target audience, the Hebrew people. And in the Hebrew writings, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, is not written that way. I've got a college that I teach all of these things. I've given the information to, um, to Pastor Dave, and I submitted that. I don't know if you realize it, but I submitted that to you in whatever capacity you want to use it and use me with it. It's yours, sir. Mm. Now, that's a, that's a tall order. You know why? $4,000 is what I charge because that is a part of the UNC board. We're registered with the UNC board, and you get two degrees. Not one, you get two. Messianic Jewish studies and Messianic apologetics. And in that, we cover the whole book of Revelation verse by verse. Along with many, 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 many other things. That has been submitted to you, sir. You're welcome. Go ahead and read John chapter 3. We're going to start off at probably, I want to say verse 20-ish, 22, 23. But verse 25 through 29 is the, is, the, is the kicker, is the clincher. Okay, go ahead. Begin with 25? Or? Yeah, you can probably begin with 25. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. Stop. You need to understand how serious that was. In the Hebrew culture, when you get baptized, then you become a part of my discipleship. For you to go off and start baptizing other people that is the ultimate insult. The ultimate insult to my teaching. Do you understand? So these other, these Sadducees and Pharisees, these rabbis that came, they knew the protocol. They weren't trying to compare one with the other. They were saying, John needs to go deal with Jesus. Because he was baptized under your authority. Do you, get, do you get that, Thomas? That's what was happening here. Remember, that's a Hebrew idiom. And if you weren't taught any Hebrew idioms, which we teach in our college, then you're going you're gonna to go right over that. You're not going to miss it. 
And you're going to wonder why the mat truck hit you. And you're like, why did the mat truck hit me, Jesus? Well, now. Continue to read. Okay. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but Stop. the friend... He who has the what? Bride. bride. What's the most important thing to Jesus is? The bride, not salvation. Not manifestation of miracles, wonders. They all are a part of the whole. But we got to know what the whole is. What is the main thing in Jesus' desire? Go ahead. Yeah, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled. Okay. Last thing. That is talking about a certain thing that happens at the Nisuin period, or the Nisuin stage, correction. The Nisuin stage is when the wedding happens. So the rapture happens and then the wedding, and then at the wedding, after, right after the wedding ceremony, they go behind doors, and they consummate the wedding. I'll just say that. We're all grown-up boys and girls, so we understand what that means, right? All right, but when they're doing that, the witnesses... The friends, the witnesses stand at the door. But as they're standing at the door, they're listening. Okay? Because they want to make sure that the bride and the bridegroom are happy. So read that part again because that's what he's referring to. Okay, what, what part again, Shirley? He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He's referring to when the rapture happens. He's, he's talking about what's going on now, but he's speaking towards when the rapture happens, when they are in that room, and when they are consummating the wedding. In the ancient Jewish wedding, the consummation of the wedding was paramount. And, of course, the sheets were given to the, uh, the, uh, the, the bride's family as a witness that she was a virgin. She goes and mikvahs or baptizes herself in the name of her husband. That is essential. I'm going to stop there. I want you to pray for a second with me. I want you to understand that to be a servant, you just have to ask for Jesus to be your Savior. I want you to make sure you understand this. You're never saved. Never. Are you ever saved to something? You're always saved from something. So you're saved when you accept Jesus from hell. 
But that doesn't mean you get to go into New Jerusalem. That doesn't mean that you get to go into the new city. See, because David only has one woman in his life that goes to his house and goes into his bedroom chamber with him. No one else does that. When you're a friend, you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or you can have the right water baptism. But you're still a friend. Because you don't have the whole package. You don't have everything that Jesus is looking for. Now, if it was for me, it was me, Thomas, you're in, man. You're good. You're good, man. You're good people. But Yeshua said that even his mother had to go receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember that? In Acts chapter 2, even his mother had to go to the upper room. She was a part of the number that, was, that, that, that had to go to the upper room. He made no exceptions. As you're seeing the handwriting on the wall from a global standpoint and how it's changing the meso, the, the, the uh, regional, national platform, your micro is at stake here. My micro is at stake. I have to sign that marriage contract. I have to stay married or espoused is the better word. I have to stay espoused unto the marriage. I have to stay espoused to the essence of Torah, which is Yeshua. And all of these components have to be right and stay right. If I make a mistake, I ask for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 8, 9, that's there. But I've got to make sure that I have all the components, that he, the requirements that he says that I'm supposed to have. So Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, we thank you and we glorify you. We thank you for just a snippet of an understanding of what you are requiring in the last days. We are in the interim of the last days. And as the seals are being opened, we're still waiting for that sixth seal to manifest and to open. We're waiting for some type of heavenly event in the skies. We're preparing our hearts and our minds and we ask that you help us, reassure us in our quiet time of prayer and, and, and reflection before you. We ask that you open this message that was just given and let me know, let us know if we are fulfilling the requirements as a bride. Because it would be a terrible thing for us to find ourselves down the road and have not ever truly qualified as a pride of Christ. It's more than words. You're looking for actions. You're looking for attitude. You're looking for that submitted and committed person. I pray that that is all of us and especially a pray, not selfishly, but that I stay there, that I 
maintain my wedding garment without spot or blemish. I thank you for such a wonderful crowd. I thank you for the anointing upon this place. And I look forward to understanding more of that anointing that I sensed when I came here. And I give you all the praise and all the glory right now. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen and amen. Pastor Dave, if you'd come up at this time, sir.